is week number three in our vision series. Uh, hopefully you have received, there's a two-page uh, handout, so we want to make sure if you didn't get one of those, would you raise your hand right now? Because uh, we got some folks who'll get you one of those pages. Anybody not get one uh, as you came in? Lift up your hand, we'll get them to you. Yep, they're, they're going to run around because we're going to be referring back to this and besides, now you can uh, know what we're talking about and take it home with you. Two weeks ago, Pastor Brandt uh, introduced us, and this would be the blue sheet, uh, to our core values. Um, and the core values are Jesus is our everything. He's the main thing we talk about, the one we lift highest, uh, and the one we point people to the most. If... Uh, if you don't want to hear or learn about Jesus, this is not the church for you because we're a little Jesus obsessed. Prayer is our power. We seek God in our gatherings, our decisions, in our private lives. Matter of fact, uh, all during our services, you can go back. We've got folks ready to pray with you. Uh, family is our framework. The church family grows better together. Matter of fact, God's plan to reach and change the world is the local church, because we do better together. Scripture, number four, is our source. Bible's our foundation for everything we teach, preach, practice. Uh, love is our lifestyle. We share with others what we've received from Jesus. Therefore, our church motto is, we love like no, very sad. We, 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 we love like, <clears throat> thank you, thank you. That's been our motto for about 10 years. Uh, clearly, we need to say that more often. Outreach is our objective. Lost people matter to Jesus, so they matter to us. Matter of fact, Jesus' mission statement was, I came to seek and to save the lost. So that's uh, our core value as well. Last week... We looked at uh, uh, the discipleship path, that would be the white sheet now, for the first time. Uh, we covered the top three bubbles, okay? Uh, last week we looked at new here, next steps, and come. We discovered last week that God has a plan for all of his followers, okay? Every one of us who've said yes to Jesus, the reason the Lord leaves us here on earth after he saves us is because he's got a plan and he wants to use us to open our mouths and talk about Jesus to the people around us. That's called witnessing, okay? Acts 1a is where we were. Uh, just before Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, some of his last words, he says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere you go, uh, to work, to school, in your neighborhood, when you're pumping gas, uh, tell people about Jesus Christ filled with the holy power of the Holy Spirit, okay? So, here it is, you ready? Make sure daily you get connected to Jesus and his spirit, okay? Streams of living water are flowing in your heart and your life, okay? And now you're ready to open your mouth and tell everybody everywhere you go how awesome Jesus has been to you. That, that's really all it is, okay? Get filled with the Holy Spirit 
And then everywhere you go, you're ready to open your mouth and share. Isn't Jesus good? Okay? It's, it's not you're, you're working through the Romans road every time, but you're just giving little splashes of Jesus everywhere you go. Okay? So the church family, we're called to be people filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and we're just naturally talking about Jesus, inviting Jesus and inviting friends and family, Scott, to go, okay, why don't you come with me to church? Why, why don't you uh, come with me to Bible study? Uh, because again, God's plan to reach and change and love and save the world is, it's the local church. It's us working together, okay? So I challenged you last week. Uh, first challenge was um, look for an opportunity to open up your mouth and talk about Jesus. Can I just ask? Take my glasses off so I can see. Anybody get an opportunity? Okay, might not have been long, might not have been a sermon, but a little, little word or two. Okay, anybody else? Can I see? Yep. Nice job. Nice. Give my hand. Yeah, nice job. You took the challenge. Okay, so let me give you another challenge. Some of you said, eh, I forgot. Okay, write it down somewhere. Put it on your hand, on your forehead, somewhere. And by God's grace, I'm going to look for an opportunity to share. So once we witness to people, talk to them, and maybe now they're, they want to come and they're interested, they want to plan their visit, um, what's the first place we should send them? Okay, that, that's really what this path is about. Where, where do we send people once they come? Okay, um, and the answer is, look at your white sheet. Here's the path. Uh, first place, we're, we're going to send them here at this location to a new here lunch. Okay, we're going to do that about four times a year. And we're going to say, hey, uh, we want to get to know you. We want you to get to know us. Uh, introduce them to key leaders. Answer their questions. And here's the key. And we want to point them to the Next Steps luncheon, which will be one month away. Okay? So we've actually set the plan in motion on our calendars. So when we have a, a new here lunch, we can say, and next month, we'd love to have you come back and we want to work you through and show you the discipleship path, okay? We want to talk about our values. Uh, we want to talk to you about where you are with Christ. Uh, if they don't know Christ, talk about Christ with them. Perhaps lead them to faith. Talk about baptism. Talk about membership. Here's the key. At the next steps luncheon, where are you on this path? And talk and have a conversation. That's the idea in the next steps lunch, okay? Please uh, come after you've planned your visit. We want to help you go from being an attender to a disciple. Because we're called to make attenders, right? Go and make attenders. Is that what it says? Go and make disciples. So we want to help them become a disciple without a clear path. We're just hoping and praying, Lord, somehow help them to navigate how they can go to the next step here in your church. This path is our uh, step at becoming more intentional about making disciples. Does that make sense? Uh, it's our, we want to get more intentional about helping people take their next step. That's the reason for this. So, someone's attending Walloon watching online, 
Uh, they've been to a New Here luncheon and Next Steps luncheon. They've come to faith in Christ. Uh, let's assume they got baptized. They've even joined the church. Now they're a part of the family. What's the next step after that? What's missing? Okay. Uh, so here we go. Uh, here, here's what my favorite pollster, George Barnett, tells us. Americans are among the loneliest people in the world. In the midst of busy lives over complicated schedules, congested commutes, we feel alone. We're a culture craving relationships. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> We've got a thousand friends on the book of faces, but I feel all alone. Because that's not real connection. That, that's not real life. Dr. Henry Cloud, he's one of the authors of Boundaries. He explains it this way. God created us with a hunger for relationship. For relationship with God and for relationship with our people. At our very core, we're relational beings. Our souls cannot prosper without being connected to others. Let me say it again. Our souls cannot prosper without being connected to others. The wisest man who ever lived, excluding Jesus, okay? Because you can't say that because somebody will say, what about Jesus? You're right. Uh, the wisest man who ever lived, excluding Jesus Christ, likely the richest man who ever lived, his name is Solomon, okay? Solomon was King David's son. He was the third king of Israel. Solomon wrote a short story we call the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. And in that book, he gives us simple but profound insight about our need for relationship. So if you would, locate in your Bible, on your phone, the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote down about our need for relationships with other people. Would you stand with me if you're able? Uh, let's read out loud together Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. You ready? Let's read together. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even better, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your book that you've inspired and you've preserved down through the centuries. Uh, Lord, I pray especially for the family here. I want to pray especially for those who are here in person watching online who are feeling all alone. Although they're in a crowd today, uh, they might be even with family watching this on screen. The truth is, Lord, some of us, we just don't feel alone. And some here today, they just don't have close relationships, or maybe not enough. And I'm asking, Lord, that your word and your spirit 
might break through and convict of all of us. Because you created us this way. You created us with a need for connection. You created us, Lord, with a need for relationship. So, Lord, you break through. We're listening. We're ready to hear you. So, Lord, we invite you today, come and speak and prompt. Whisper, Lord, nudge us, uh, even kick us in the pants so we're ready to do exactly what your book instructs us to do. And all the church family gathered here at Walloon Lake, watching online, said with one connected voice. <laughs> you can be seated. Here's the lie that I believe Satan whispers to us, and many of us were listening to it. We're, we're listening and, and we're believing. Uh, you don't need anybody. You're fine on your own. Besides, nobody cares. Nobody really wants to get to know you anyway. You're not all that much. Uh, matter of fact, you're pretty unlovable. So why would anyone want to take the time to get connected to you? And, and besides, even if you're ready to take the time, you know you're too busy. Your schedule is too crowded. Uh, you don't have time to get to know and make friends. Besides, you tried that before, remember? And it didn't work out. Uh, it won't work now either. You're all alone. And besides, you, you really don't need anybody. You're going to be okay all alone on your own. And I think Satan is really good at whispering that through a thousand voices. You're fine. You don't need anybody. You're, you're, you're going to be okay. I'm convinced Northern Michigan 2021, there's a love famine today. Especially after two years of COVID, I'm convinced there's people all around us who are starving for relationship, who are starving for connection, okay? And the truth is, some of those people are sitting right here today in rows. Some of you are watching online, starving for relationship, starving for connection. God created us with a need for himself. We have a great need for Jesus, but here's the part that sometimes we miss. God created us with a great need for other people in our lives. We need Jesus and we need other people. Ecclesiastes 4.10, look at it, we just read it. We need each other because it says, when we stumble and fall. James 3.2 reminds us, we all stumble, we all make mistakes in many ways, okay? Now, some of us, in the past two years, we've stumbled with COVID. Uh, and frankly, are still stumbling uh, with the existence of it. Some of us are stumbling with fear and worry and anxiety, Maybe you're a man, and you're thinking, I don't struggle with that. Okay, 
struggling with anger and frustration. That's usually the male side of fear and worry and frustration and anxiety. Some of us have stumbled this past year with multiple surgeries. I wonder who that could be. Uh, some of us have messed up with addictions and alcohol and porn and drugs. Some of us have stumbled in our marriages and they're not doing very well after two years of being locked up. Uh, some of us have messed up with our kids and they're living far from Jesus. Okay, here's the point. After you stumble and fall, it's too late to make connection, to, to establish. After, uh, after you've messed up, it's too late to find community. It's too late after the doctor says stage three cancer. Do you understand? It's too late after the divorce papers have been filed. It's too late after you realize an addiction has you by the throat. It's too late after your kids and your grandkids are eating with the pigs in prodigal land. I can't tell you how many times people come to me, come call the church, and now they're in trouble. And, and the truth is they didn't take the time to build community and be in community and be connected. And, and the truth is it's too late. It's too late. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 10. Look at it one more time. When we stumble and fall... Okay, here's the flip side. It's awesome to have people around you to pick you back up. Isn't it true? So, so if you've taken the time to get connected to people, it's awesome. It's wisdom to have relationships that you've built and you've poured into that will reach down, Henry, and help you back up after you've stumbled and fallen. Okay, They'll restore. They'll encourage. They'll love. It's wise to already make the effort to connect with community that loves you through life. That's wisdom, is what Solomon says. Here's the point. When you and I stumble, and we will, we all hit different times. We hit rough patches as life goes south. We need community. We need connection. We need a group of people that you know and they know you, and you've already started living life together. you got to do that in advance, okay? Because, catch me here, it's easy to stumble out of church. That's why only half of us are here right now, okay? It's easy to get out of the church habit, okay? That's happened the last two years, um, it's easy to stumble out of my regular relationship with Jesus. I suspect some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just go through a season, it's dry, it's rough, and Jesus seems far away. Okay? So it's easy to stumble out of the church habit. It's easy to get out of connection with Christ, but it's almost impossible to stumble out of community. That's huge. Almost, why? Because you're already connected with those folks. And when you're in a life group, people will call and care and love and pray, and they're not going to give up on you. That's the truth. It's almost impossible to stumble out of community. 
Here's the question. Do you think something could happen in your life or your family or your teens or your children that could cause you to stumble or fall out of church (laughs) or fall out of relationship with Jesus? Use your imagination with me, okay? Uh, Let's just imagine a virus uh, escapes and goes worldwide. And and now, do you understand what I'm saying? And now, uh, two years later, you don't have to have a real good imagination to know that's exactly what's happened. People who were invested in a life group before these last two years, they already had a group of Jesus followers. They already lived life with people before COVID. Can I just be blunt? Those are the ones who've made it through and survived and overall have thrived. Okay? It wasn't fun. They hated it. They wanted it to go away, but they made it. Okay? Ecclesiastes 4.9. Look at it with me. Okay? Here's what it says. Um, Getting connected in a life group, in a group of Community people is a wise investment. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. Okay? I'm for you, you're for me. Now, the number one reason people say, eh, I don't think I'm going to join a life group. Any, any guesses? Why do you think people say, number one reason, I, I don't think I'm going to join a life group? Too busy. I'm too busy. I, I'm, I'm, I got too many things going on. Um, I, I don't have time. I got places to go. I got people to see. Okay? I would argue that those are exactly the people who are living fast and furious are the very people most likely to stumble and fall. So if that's you, I don't have time, then I'm going to predict something. You are the most likely in your furious, racing, frantic life to slip and fall, just like he's talking about. And here's what he says, um, verse 10, last part. But someone who falls all alone is in real trouble. <laughs> you fall and you haven't made the investment, real trouble. Uh, verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Oh, he's talking about camping in the UP in winter, right? No, (laughs) no. He's using poetic license here to describe a bitter cold season of life. That's what he's talking about. Having friends when you're struggling with a child. Uh, Having connections when a health crisis knocks your door down. Um, having a life group when you lose your job, when your finances tank, having found community when you come to the end of your life. That's what he's talking about, verse 11. Part of my job um, is celebrating people's lives after they die. We call them funerals. Um, And here's what I've discovered. Um, I've done hundreds. Sometimes I'm going to have to figure out how many, but the best funerals are all about someone before they died made connecting relationships a priority. You, you can tell when the person who's, who's gone, um, and even some of them love Jesus, but 
connections and relationships just weren't a priority. Um, you can tell those from the ones where they were all about being in community. They were all about connecting and having a life group family. I'm telling you, makes all the difference when you're conducting a funeral. Uh, verse 12, here's what it says. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Here's the truth. We need people who will protect and defend us. Okay? Uh, friends who will support us. They'll pray for us. They'll encourage us with words and most importantly with their actions. That, that's what we all need. We all need a community. We all need connections and friendships that way. Ancient armies would uh, fight close hand-to-hand -hand combat, okay? Uh, soldiers would put their back against the other. Fighting got intense. Why? Because you didn't want someone fighting next to you to run their sword through you while you're fighting this soldier. This is modern armies do the same thing, okay? When, when there's enemies attacking from two directions, again, back-to-back, -back, I've got your back, you've got mine. The idea is we need people who care and encourage and support us. You've got my back, I've got your back when life gets hard, when life gets overwhelming, when things get intense. That, that's the whole idea here from Solomon here in Ecclesiastes. Um, locate one more time that uh, discipleship path page with me, would you? Clockwise on the right, we got new here, next steps, come. Um, right under come is connect. Get in a group. So what's the next step? Uh, get in a group. We've redefined groups here. Now we call them life groups. Why? Because the idea is we want you to live life together. We want you to live life with a group of people. Any group living life together, meeting consistently, making connections, that's a life group, okay? So we've kind of opened up. Uh, life group might mean, give, me an ex give you an example here. Um, the folks up here singing in the praise band, um, they practice on Monday nights. Did you know that? And then they're here up nice and early, 6.37, early on Sunday mornings. They're praying together. They're serving together. They're connecting together around leading us in worship. Can I tell you, those folks, that's, that's their life group. That's their friends. That's the, where they make connections. Let me give you some other uh, life groups going on. We've got uh, the Carol Nason, George and Christy Graham, Jim and Julie Ethington, uh, Leslie and Dave, I could, that's their group, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they meet second service over in the discipleship house. Oh, by the way, I just talked to Carol this morning. They have room. Isn't it good when there's room in the inn? Uh, life group meeting at Pastor Brant and Christine's home every other Tuesday night. Young adults, talk to him this week. They've got room. Phil and Ann Durant's life group is meeting next door Sunday mornings, high school, college age, second service, discipleship house. They got room for you. 
uh, Greg and Sharon McGeorge Life Group, room 111. I didn't ask them. But they do have a life group, you could ask. Uh, Denise leads the ladies' Bible study uh, every other Sunday, every other Wednesday. They've got life groups, so you meet together and then you uh, go into life groups. They've got room. Talk to her, okay? Uh, Tuesday morning life group, ladies' Bible study. Uh, Susan Miller was up here playing the piano. Talk to Susan. Uh, Paul and Debbie Terrio, room 107, doing relationships God's way. They got room for you, okay? And we're going to have new semester-based life groups starting in January. So we'll be having lots of other ones coming up, and we'll have sign-up sheets in the foyer. But today, here, here's what I want you to know. We've got places for you. And I and Pastor Chad and Jody will do whatever it takes to find you a spot if you're feeling, you know what, I've been believing the lie, enough of that. There's a sign-up sheet right here, okay? Right here, okay? See this online? Uh, you, can, you can hit the button, tell them, yep, I want to get involved. Uh, we have it on the welcome desk uh, in the foyer and over here on the table as you go out the back door. So we got you covered. Uh, right now is the best time for you to make a, an investment, to join a life group. Now, some of you, because I can read your minds a little bit, I tried that, Pastor Jeff. I tried that a few years ago, and it didn't work out so well. So I have two questions. How many of you have ever had a bad haircut? Can I see your hands? <laughs> Did you shave your head and say, no, no, I'm never getting a bad haircut again? Okay. Um, let me ask you this question. How many have ever had a bad meal? Can I see your hands? Did you quit eating? No, no, I'm never eating again because I had a bad meal. Okay? Of course you didn't. Of course I didn't. Uh, I'm really grateful so many of you show up here on Sunday mornings. But my prayer all week has been, Lord, would you do a holy nudge, kick people in the pants, take away their excuses so they might step up and make a wise investment to join a life group. Why? Because it's possible that in the year ahead, some of, you, some of you might just stumble out of church again. Okay, Some of you might even, in the year ahead, stumble out of regularly walking with Christ. But here's the truth. It's nearly impossible to fall out of community. Because you've already got connections. You've got people who love you, who know you, who are praying for you, and, and I promise you, they'll be after you, okay? Because they know you, you're already connected. Won't you consider getting connected to community? Won't you today finally say, okay, enough of the excuses. I'm going to get signed up, and by God's grace, uh, I and Chad and Jody, we're going to find you a spot. I'll say it again, right here up front, a welcome center, there's a sign-up sheet, table on the back, so there's no excuse. Make sure you consider getting connected today. Let's pray as we close. Lord, I believe that you've created us with a need to be connected, community, relationships with other followers of yours. 
And Lord, uh, in these crazy days of COVID confusion, Lord, uh, you've scrambled a lot of things that uh, used to be normal. So Lord, I'm asking that you might impress upon the church family here, impress upon the church family watching online the need for connecting in life groups. And Lord, I want to pray especially for those who are still holding out. Lord, certain they're too busy, certain they're too unlovable, certain uh, they don't need other people. Lord, would you break through this morning? And I'm praying, Lord, we'll run out of space on the sign-up sheets for those who are ready to sign up and overcome the obstacles. You might be here today and... uh, The truth is, your first connection needs to be to Jesus Christ. Yes, we're created for connection with others, but our first connection is with Jesus. And maybe you've never accepted the gospel facts for you. You've never opened the door of your life and invited Jesus in to be your savior, your king, your boss, your friend. Today can be that day. Did you know that? How do you do it? Well, it starts with facts. Jesus, I believe the fact that you left the glory and the splendor of heaven. You took on a human form. And Jesus, I believe that you lived your life without sin. You're the sinless lamb of God, and you took my place on the cross. I believe that for me. And Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you took my place in the grave. And Jesus, I believe early Sunday morning you didn't stay dead. But you literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. And Jesus, I believe you did that for me. And by faith right now, Jesus... I open up the door of my life and I invite you in. You come into my life. Be my savior, be my king, be my boss, be my friend, my good shepherd. Come take charge. I'm yours for keeps. I'm ready to follow you. And if you just did that, now you have a need for connection with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Hit that prayer button. Someone will personal message you, talk with you, pray with you. If you're here in person, make your way over to the prayer corner. Got some folks, they'll get your Bible, they'll get you connected, they'll get you off to a successful start. Lord, thank you for loving us so much. You love us for free. And yet, it cost everything to follow you. So we, we, choose to follow you with all we got. Help us to do it your way, Jesus. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray all these things.